0: Filled with the spirit of the past and alive with the realness of the present. I am ancient. I am new. I am Heritage India. Namaskar. Gargim vachak navim vande. Maitreyimcha yimcha tadannantaram. itara ya hi ya brahmaishana krita. The meaning is very clear that first of all, I pay my respect to Gargi Vachaknavi, then after that to Maitreyi, and even other women, we are talking only about women here, even the other women, Yabihi Brahmaishana Kruta. Brahmaishana is the quest for Brahma, the jinyasa for understanding Brahma, that is, to have the ultimate reality, the knowledge of ultimate reality. And today we are going to talk about all these women from Indian philosophical background who have been there in ancient India. By ancient India, I just mean Vedas and Upanishads, okay? And then of course, I'll give references to others also. And at the very outset, let me ask you a question. Whether you know the details or not about Gargi and Maitreyi and everybody, you still have heard the names, right? Have you ever heard a name of a Western philosopher, a Western woman philosopher, ever? I searched and searched and searched and found absolutely no woman philosopher at all. So this is something which is unique to India. The other day we saw how women were educated. And therefore we know that there was this RTE, whatever you call it, right to education, which even the women were granted. They used to perform, the society used to perform their Upanayana. And they were they used to go to the Gurukula and learn everything. So they were intelligent, smart philosophers, physicists. You will see everything when we discuss that now. They are called Brahma Vadini. Brahma is ultimate reality. Uh, That is the best translation I can have for Brahma. And Vadini is those who talk about that. So Brahma Vadini, in other words, is a philosopher. Okay, So she is a philosopher and she is called Brahma Vadini. This reminds me of a very funny thing. (laughs) It's a nice thing, you know, there is one Smruti called, Smruti is a type of literature, Manu is known all over the world. So this Smruti is called Harita Smruti. Okay, it's quite modern and for Sanskritists, especially who study the Vedic lore and all, modern is maybe 880 or something, you know, that is, Maybe 1,500 years back from today. So this Harita Smruti tells you, amongst many other things, that there are women students of two types. Okay. okay? The first one and most important are Brahmavadinis. We know what they are now. And the second one, Harita tells you, with a sense of humor, that they are called sadyo Vadu. Vadu you know. Vadu is a bride, and sadya is immediately. That means, these are girls who go to Gurukula till they get married off. This happens even today. This happened even when I was a student that girl students would be doing MA terms till such time that they got picked up by a groom or they were supposed to get married. So they were sadyo vadu but others were Brahma Vali. And before I go to Gargi maitri I said that I pay my respect to even those who had this desire to know the ultimate reality of some type, you know. I mean, everybody doesn't do Brahma Jnana, but some might do Atma Jnana, some might do Panchabhuta Jnana, Jnana and all. We will start with Bharati, okay? Now, Bharati comes from the 8th century A.D., which is only 1200 years back, 1200 years back. Who was Bharati? Bharati was the wife of a great philosopher called Mandana Mishra. And this Mandana Mishra was a kind of, you know, there was a rivalry between Mandana Mishra and Adi Shankaracharya. Adi Shankaracharya lived in the 8th century AD. So Shankaracharya wanted to have a debate with him. You must have heard these names, Urvapaksha, Pratipaksha and all those things. He wanted to have a debate with Mandanamishra. So Shankaracharya went to his place. He didn't know the exact location of the house. So he asked the women who were washing clothes on the banks of the river, he said, do you know anyone, or do you know, can you guide me to the house of one Mr. Mandanamishra? And you know what these women told him? They said, Brahma Satya Jagan Mithya. They said, go straight ahead. And where the Shuka and Sarika, the birds, the parrots from the cage, are talking about Brahma satya Jagan Mithya. They are talking about the highest kind of philosophy that is the house of Mandanavishra. What they want to say is that in that house, it is always philosophy that goes on and rings and falls on the ears of even the birds. So such a great person, Mishra, he had his wife named Bharati. Now Shankaracharya comes there, they talk, they decide that we should have a debate. But see, you also need a judge. You also need an umpire for everything, every game. You need a judge for every debate. Who would be judge? Please remember, a judge has to be better than the contestants, right? And he must understand, or she must understand everything that has been said. And Mandana Mishra tells Shankaracharya, "Don't worry, my wife Bharati is capable of being a judge." And let her be the judge. Shankaracharya, of course, accepts that. And then they decide and they start their debate. And of course, Shankaracharya wins. Bharati gives this decision that you have won. But at the same time, she says, now, can you have a debate with me? That is with Bharati. Shankaracharya, he's, I mean, you know, he doesn't even wait for a moment and he says, Oh yes, of course, why not? And then Bharati has a debate with him on subjects in which Shankaracharya had absolutely no knowledge. She talks to him about Garhapatya, that is married life and all. And so Shankaracharya was defeated. But please remember. That Bharati is the only person in the 8th century who had the knowledge and courage to defeat Shankaracharya. And so I feel that she deserves a very prominent place in the entire history of Indian philosophy. Right? You will agree with me. So this is Bharati. Now we suddenly jump to. The Vedic and Upanishadic period. In Rugveda, there are many names of not exactly philosophers, but Brahmavadinis who have been writing suttas. I think we talked about that a little in our previous lecture. And they are like Vak or Raka. They write not high level philosophy, but they are still pursuing philosophy. And maybe you have heard this, but we have to know what is philosophy. Philo is love and Sophia is knowledge. Philosophy is love for knowledge. In that sense, all these three Rishis they were philosophers and we must give them their due credit. After Vedic Samhitas, you know, then suddenly there is a literature called Brahmanas, Aranyakas, you know, which is entirely liturgical. That is, it deals only with rites and rituals, yajna and everything. There is some kind of philosophy about yajna, but not metaphysics. And therefore, we won't consider that part at all. Anyway, no woman priest is ever mentioned, so we would leave that away. Then we come to Upanishads. And even some of the ancillary texts of Rugveda. As we know, that Indian tradition, right from Vedic times, have been offering not only to gods, that is Yajna, but offering food and water even to the, they are called mains, M A N E S, or what we call pitaras. We know that, right? And when you offer something to pitaras, to show how it is different from the one way you do it for gods is you put everything on your right thumb and from here you pour water or whatever food you have to give and all. And the pitaras, who are they? They are not necessarily your father, grandfather, grand, great-grandfather and all those in the same family. But they are also some very important rishis in that tradition. In the Rugvedic tradition, there are names of 21 such rishis. okay? And one of them is the woman. Her name is Sulabha Brahmavadini. I have read this so many times. I have talked about it so many times. But every time I wonder what must have she done? What must have she said, you know, that she got in the same line as the other rishis like Vasishtha, Vamadeva, Vishwamitra? We don't know. Because unfortunately, not much of her work or not much of her philosophy is recorded anywhere. Not in the Upanishads, certainly not. And you know that many of our good texts, whether philosophical or ritual, they were destroyed when there was foreign aggression on our country. They, actually, you know, started fire and they burned down our manuscripts. Anyway, that really makes me agitated. So anyway, not much is known about Sulama Brahmavadini, except that she was somehow associated with Janaka Vaideha. That is, she was probably in his court. We are going to come to Janaka Vaideha again. So, even though she is not mentioned in the Upanishads, she is mentioned, not only mentioned, but there is a big dialogue, samwadha, between Janaka and this Sulabha Brahmavadini, which has a place in Mahabharata. So, if you read Mahabharata, you will realize how Janaka asks questions, she answers, and then how she counter-questions him, and all those things. Even in Mahabharata, this Sulabha Brahmavadini, who has a tradition from Uruguvedic Tarpanavidhi, we found her there as well. Really, she must have been a great philosopher. Now I told you that we are going to come back to Janaka Vaideha again and again. The name is familiar to you all, right? Janaka, the only Janaka we know from entire mythology is the father of Sita in Ramayana. And of course, the name there also is Janaka Vaideha for the simplest reason that he was the king of Videhadesh. Desh. This Janaka Vaideha, unlike many rulers and many kings, was extremely interested not only in power, but in many other good things like spiritualism, philosophy, metaphysics, and knowledge in general. Okay? So, what he had done was, in his court, there were many philosophers. Just as in your, in one's court, a king would have maybe minister for war and education and to look after the accounts and all. Janaka Vaideha had a philosopher in his court. This would show you that He really had this great, not only desire, but respect for knowledge. And now, if you just look around today's political world, we see that there is absolutely no respect for such things. Forget about jnana and forget about philosophy. They don't even have respect for human beings per se. Anyway, so coming back to Janaka Vaideha, who was the cult philosopher in his his name was Yadnyavalkya. This Yadnyavalkya is closely associated with both Gargi and Vachaknavi. So it's important that we know a little bit about him as well. He was the son of a rishi called Brahma Ratha and was a student of Vaishampayana. Now this Vaishampayana again we meet in Mahabharata. So there is some kind of you know. Contemporaneity between Janaka Vaideha, Vaishampayana, or probably, you know, they were position names. That any king who comes to Videha will be called Janaka. Just as any king, even today, who comes and rules Thailand, is called Ramud. Though the country is Buddhist, the king is always called Rama. Of course, now they have... uh, Added a number to that, Rama the first, Rama the second, and all. But he's always Rama. So, probably Janaka Vaideha was the name of that position. Now, Yadnyavalkya was a very intelligent, smart philosopher, and he used to have very deep thinking. You know, it was not, I mean, uh, he didn't care about what he got from the king. Because he himself had a guru cooler where he used to teach many students with the help of his two wives, Maitreyi and Katyayani. And he was also a cult philosopher. Now Janaka always wanted to hold what is known in those times as Brahmoudhya. Brahma now we know. And Brahmaudya is a seminar in which people come and talk about brahman the ultimate reality that is a seminar or a workshop on philosophy people from all over the country not only videha but maybe kuru panchala magadha and all they would gather together and discuss a particular topic and yagnyavalkye used to be you know something like a compere or he would he would be the judge also And Janako also used to ask questions, which is a very important thing. I am ancient. I am new. I am heritage India.